0: Okay. Ready? Yeah. yeah.
1: <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Film Hustlers.
2: Right, Robert, you got it right. Do film the hustlers. hustlers. Do
1: the hustlers. Do we do the hustle on your, on your Hustlers? <laughs>
2: that should be our new theme
1: song. No? You, you know what's weird? I miss, uh, I miss saying, let's get into it. Do you? Yeah, a little bit. Because it was kind of fun to say, let's oh. get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. It felt like, uh, like we were going to get into something. Now we're just oh. Film Hustlers, which... Makes me feel like it's a cooler name though. It is a cooler name. It's gonna make a better t shirt. People seem, true. people seem to call us and talk to us about like the hustler name being super cool, the logo's super cool. I get yeah. I get a lot of comments about it. We
2: should get some stickers.
1: Old school. And people have been digging the podcast, uh, I don't know if it's because of the new name. You know, it's kinda like when you get a new haircut and people are looking <laughs> at you. <laughs> I think we've just
2: grown. Like if I listened to the last episode versus like the beginning, yeah. We were kinda all over the place. Well, well not all over the place We had a point every podcast Like you know We, we would sum it up at the end But we talked over each other We broke balls Which is fun But it was more I feel like this is more There's more of a flow We're in a rhythm
1: We're very focused And um, and by the way If you're tuning in for the first time We're the Film Hustlers We are filmmakers In addition to many other things Actually really content producers kind of, yeah. Let's yeah. just say that Because I know Davey Dave You create a bunch of different types of content I mean sure. I'm only a film producer but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's all we do. Like, we, we're involved in all kinds of different
2: things. I mean, you're a producer, but you dabble in some writing. You dabble in a lot of music because you have a music background. You produce this podcast. I produce you this, produce this, well, this we, podcast.
1: Well, we produce this podcast here. You know, we got a mic. We got, like, a mixer. And, you know, anyone could record. Like, I, I'll tell you, like, if you're, uh, if you're a producer or writer or anything like that, you want someone to listen to your, to your script or your pitch, I had a guy that would not read my one-page pitch. He wouldn't read my one-page pitch. (laughs) Sounds familiar, Davey Dave. So what did I do? I really, really believed that he needed to hear this one-page script. So I read it into my phone, into voice notes, and I sent it to him. I said, just push play in your car on your way to work in the morning. And he did. And he was like, dude, that was really cool. I didn't sell it, but... <laughs> <clears throat> but, but you know sometimes you have to do different things to sell your product and to get people to listen or to read your script. I don't know why people don't read scripts they just don't, they don't i i have a tough time opening when I get to it, if I actually sit down and open your script and start to read it, I actually read it, yeah, but to get to it for some reason is like I don't know it's, complicated. it's
0: daunting and like kind of cringy,
1: yeah, like, I mean
0: oh
2: shit, like a script oh, okay Follow unless on. it's unless it grabs you right, right away, right. but also too like Robert's brought up. In one of the episodes, it's hard to read people's scripts that you know their voice because you hear their voice, yeah. right? So, so Robert's one where he gave me my shit because he knows my voice, David. Dave. That's what's fucked up. So, now I send shit like Julio Iglesias III. Yeah, <laughs> so oh, yeah. Check, out, by. check out this one this guy wrote. <laughs> so, what I was
1: getting at before is that if you're listening to the show, we are the film hustlers and we make movies and content and create content. And this season, we are focusing our energies on doing our own films so that you guys, listening, can see how we do it, how we develop the idea, how we... Collaborating. Yeah, how we collaborate. I tell my kids all the time, I go, Collab- movie making is about collaborating. That's it. It's about ideas and people throwing out ideas. It's not about you controlling yeah. everything and it's got to be your way it's literally a collaboration sometimes good ideas happen sometimes bad ideas happen sometimes a bad idea turns into a good idea i, I realized that a lot of the films i loved as a kid were horrible scripts <laughs> like really bad scripts yeah. like not great scripts like I, I still watch them today and i'm like god this is so bad but i love it you know like there was a movie the um, cutting edge starring D.B. Sweeney and uh, Moira Kelly. Is that the ice skating one? Yeah. yeah. They made a couple of sequels, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the first one was directed by Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. I yeah. forgot his name. Paul Michael Glazier. And, uh, and anyway, the film is not super well-written. I mean, someone's going to totally disagree with me and say that it was well-written, but it's not. And, but it doesn't matter. The yeah. film is extremely entertaining and you want them to get together. And it's just it's it's just a really, really fun movie that actually has a really bad. Because
2: isn't that at the end of the day, it's about entertaining, right? That's what it really comes yeah. down. It's to.
1: about it's about your audience buying what you're selling. Yeah, it like, doesn't matter. It's you're right. It's it's about the execution hmm. and about like, are you are you capturing people's imagination with what you're with what you're producing or what you've written or whatever? But um but the, I think the answer is you got to continue to create so that people can continue to see what you're doing. I think about it all the time no matter what project I'm working on. I think am I doing something that's going to be interesting? Like for instance, we just did stepping into the holiday. Yeah. It comes out the weekend after Thanksgiving. It's a beautiful little film. I can't, I don't know until an audience sees it whether or not it's great. Like, is Mario excellent in it? Yes. Is Jana great in it? Yes. Are all the characters in it funny? Yes. Um, the ventriloquist, yeah. The ventriloquist yeah. is okay. You could have
2: maybe recast, but es- that's okay.
1: Esterman, <laughs> got, a lot, got a lot of the fools in it. But you're not going to know. <laughs> fools, not fools. Fools, foos. You're not going to know if it's really really great until like the review comes out and people like how many people watched it and you get actual numbers right did people tell other people to check it out um but you know the idea is to continue to do work so um let's get into it there we go let's get into it um on what we're developing film hustler wise now the name of our short currently is what
2: dying to know but dying it sounds like an episode on CSI. Yes, no, no. And no, dying to know
1: sounds like a comedy <laughs> or like a soap opera. Yeah, like oh, a soap damn. opera. Oh,
2: damn! All right, all right. Let's just say that we'll hold it for now. We'll hold it for now.
1: But I am, uh, I am a big fan of uh, Tootie's idea, which is uh, powerful. And we developed the first third of it. Which should we read it? I, I don't know that. Um, I'll do it justice. Get, let it go, Roberts. Let's hear it. Okay, so. You cut to an interior of a hospice day close up on Mendoza, an impeccably well-dressed man in a black suit and tie. Mendoza's in his mid fifties. His eyes are focused and concerned as he looks down on the bed. The shrieking sound of a heart monitor flatlining fills the room. Mendoza's eyes say it all. No reaction. We pull back to reveal an old man laying lifeless in a bed. His eyes wide wide his mouth slightly open. He's gone. Mendoza moves toward the old man, gently closing his eyes, followed by a soft kiss on his forehead. Mendoza then kneels down next to the bed and begins praying, a rosary clutched tightly in his hands.
2: God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference.
1: Now we're at Mark's house. It's an exterior Front porch, beautiful house. Upper middle class neighborhood. Mendoza stands waiting at the door. Mark, in his 60s, opens the door. An instant, oh shit look comes across his face. The two lock eyes. A moment passes. Uh, come in. Mendoza walks in as Mark closes the door behind him. Mendoza opens and closes the door three times, methodically. Then looks around and spots a family photo hanging on the wall. Look, mister.
0: Anyone home? No, just me.
1: Mendoza takes a few steps down the hall, making sure they're alone. While keeping the gun pointed in Mark's direction, Mendoza returns to Mark and pulls out a large zip tie from his coat pocket.
2: Give me your hands.
1: Mark puts his hands in front of him. Beads of sweat begin to roll down his face. My family. The two share in a moment. Mendoza nods and escorts Mark down the hall. Mark stops, followed by Mendoza. Wait, can we talk? Mark is at a loss for words. His mouth is dry. He looks like he may pass out. It'll be quick. Mendoza gets behind Mark and leads him down the hallway. Mark once again stops in his tracks.
0: I have an idea. Please.
1: Dining room. Close-up of Mark as he writes a note on the back of a piece of mail while his hands are zip-tied in front of him. His emotions get the best of him while Mendoza watches on from a few feet away. Mark finishes his note and looks at Mendoza. Thank you. Mendoza nods once again, acknowledging him. Mark's lifeless legs dangle as he hangs by his neck from a second-story banister. We only see his legs. Mendoza studies Mark, then rises and heads over to him. Kitchen. Mendoza aggressively... Scrubs his hands with soap and water. Mendoza finishes washing and pulls a handkerchief from his coat pocket and dries his hands. He then pulls a bottle of hand sanitizer and douses his hands. Interior living room. Mendoza studies Mark. He takes a rosary from around his neck and gets down on his knees. He clutches the rosary in his hand and prays below Mark's lifeless body. Fade out. All right, cool. Personally, I think it's going to make a great opening to our movie.
0: I mean, a few words, but you can tell what's going on, especially with um, you know the actors that you're going to get. They're probably going to portray it with eye
1: movements and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty. Cool. I like Mendoza. Yeah. He's cool. I mean, we
2: like him. We feel for him in the beginning, right? Because we open on his eyes and he's going through all these emotions and we kind of don't know what's happening until, well, we could hear the flat line. So if you're paying attention, you, you'll get it. And then we see his dad. So you feel for him. Obviously, he just lost somebody dear to him. And so when he gets to this guy's house, we don't we don't know who he is. Right. We just kind of we're invested in Mendoza. already, And so and then you see this guy, you know, Mark, and he seems like a good family guy. You know, his house is nice. He seems like a normal dude. And, you know, that collision. But I do think it's great. That we do the three door, the, the closing door three times because it just shows a different side of him because you're like, oh, OK, like we're feeling for this guy. We yeah. like him. He just lost somebody close to him. But why is he doing this and what's going on? You know I like I mean? that. I
1: like I like that Mendoza praise. I like I like the door. I like that he sanitizes himself after. Um,
2: and notice he doesn't use the dish towel that's there. He uses his own towel. Yeah, he yeah. Uses, I like, like that, too.
1: Chair. So the, uh, so real quick, the question is, does Mendoza know that no one's home. Does he really have to ask? He knows. He knows. So he doesn't have to ask. Yeah. Can we get rid of that? Yeah. Okay.
0: Sorry. Can we back up one time? Maybe you can bridge the, uh, the fastidiousness of his uh, bringing his own towel from the house uh, into the hospital. You know what I mean? And like using the same kind of like putting the same pocket. Um, See it twice. Using the same rosary, putting it away in the same place. Um, something like that.
2: Yeah.
1: Maybe he's gotten a little you know like what you little put bag. your teeth in? <laughs> yeah. You know like the uh the Invisalign yeah. case? maybe he's got a little rosary or so something there. He, yeah. he tucks it away in his pocket. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. that's a good idea. Yeah, well um, sometimes
2: they come in like I have one and it comes in like a little cloth bag with like a little that's button, a, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yes, exactly. And he yeah, he yeah. keeps it in his pocket, he takes it out, he opens it.
0: Maybe you know? it's in the, in that little towel he, yeah. he has. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. In the context of our movie, do we need this much information from this death, or are we just trying to establish Mendoza's, first of all, superiority as a killer?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and his vulnerabilities? Because I think what, what I was. Yeah, yeah, I we think have, what we're doing is setting up his death in reality. Because when Mendoza gets killed by the boss at the end, he's vulnerable.
1: I'm wondering if the conversation is more truncated on Mark's side, you know? Like, in other words. He's very clear. You know, he's very clear what he wants here. He doesn't want his family. Yeah. He's willing to die. Obviously, something went severely wrong for this dude. It's too clear what he's saying. So it would be if he said, my family. Mm -hmm. Maybe we don't change this dialogue currently, but maybe you do it with less dialogue when you do it. Like, maybe collaborate with, with the actors and be like, instead of, it ends with me, right, my family... He just says my family, and Mendoza, you know, can not say anything. You know, I, I don't know. What, what, what would you say if you if if they came after you? You probably screwed somebody for money. Um, something went severely wrong with something you were supposed to do. Now you're now you're gonna die, and it's over. You don't want your family implicated. The hitman can't. I think that Mark, like you
2: said, he knows his destiny. would Mendoza be like well, Mark no I, Mark's meaning he doesn't want his family hurt it wants he wants it to end with him he doesn't if you're going to die and you know you're going to die, you don't want people coming after your family, yeah. you want them to live. you can't
1: control it with Mendoza
2: though you can't, but he's the only one there who you know. Mark ain't gonna j- jump. Hold on, let me call. whoever. Is it I a nervous? Over. Let's let's yeah. It's almost a let's nervous. Let's go
1: nervous. Thing. It's a nervous conversation he's having. Yeah. but Mendoza's going like, just breathe, breathe, shh, breathe. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean. It's not gonna. Ha- what I'm saying is that they're not a tit for tat conversation. It's not like Mark is saying something and Mendoza's taking it into account what he's saying. What I'm saying is that this conversation should go down. That Mark is having this conversation, whatever it is, but Mendoza's not paying attention. But I think Mendoza would be paying attention after just losing breathe, his dad. Relax breathe no because i well b- but then but then you make him a very sympathetic character the whole time and i don't think he is i think he's a killer
2: and do i don't need to know, make I, him more vicious. and with-
1: i don't even know that he i mean i don't know does he really like do we really want to know that he hurts for his dad do we really want to know that about our killer like the minute we see him i think you we should be guessing at what he felt about it because then when he meets up with Almost, I'm calling him almost, but when he meets up with the boss with his with his Mark, yeah, which is it ends up being his boss, I think that's interesting because then you don't know, you don't you know, and but but it comes out there maybe how he felt about his dad.
2: I mean, what we could do is we could Just leave a thought. we could leave the thought because we want to we want to sympathize for him, right? When you see him, you want to like this character. I mean, he's the main guy, pretty much, right? I think then maybe. He could be a little more ruthless with Mark, you know what I mean? I think he could give he lets him hang himself. Um, he could be a little more cold, and then so we're like, oh shit, this guy's, you know, we feel for him, but now we see who he is. He's I mean, a bad be, dude. It
1: could be a really cool scene, you know, like really honestly, it could be a great, it could be a great moment. Um, I mean, it's an actor thing, it's an actor director thing, really. Yeah, you can't, yeah. it can't be on the page, you know. But it, but the truth is, is like. The idea that Mendoza is letting this guy die in a way that won't tip off his family that he was murdered by a hitman is kinda cool. Like the idea that he's killing himself like Robin Williams killed himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really,
1: right. Yeah. Is what we're talking about. So there's a certain there's already like a great like subtext to to mendoza and his ability to like let this guy die in a way first of all it doesn't implicate him so it's perfect but at the same time it's not a ruthless killing by him he lets this guy die how he wants to die and it's kind of a beautiful moment in a way yeah right because mendoza's got to watch him die because that's that's the
2: job you know what i just realized mendoza needs to cut the the zip ties off his hands after he's dead that's right you know what I mean? Because yeah. then he's not implemented, and he yeah. takes the zip ties, and maybe that's when he touches the pant leg when he's getting when he's cutting the zip ties. Yeah, you know, because you can't. Zip I don't tie
1: think he, I don't think Mendoza should call him Mark either. Oh, no. it's too yeah. personal. No, no name, no name. I don't think we should know how he feels about his dad dying. I think that there's conflict for him inside, like a lot of us. You know, yeah. I, I don't. I think a lot of us have issues with parents sometimes uh and especially if he's a killer probably they're they're estranged and this is the first time he's seen him in many many years if that's the subtext here so you know whatever Emilio decides to do with his face in that it should be whatever it is you know yeah. Yeah. whether or not it have to, yeah, yeah
0: the other person and director would have to feed off of whatever he's giving yeah, yeah.
1: so I think that that I think I think maybe your writing should lean a little bit towards more ambiguous sort of reaction to that. And then just, I think, let's look at Mark a little bit more carefully in terms of uh, his interest in communicating with uh, Mendoza and Mendoza's methodical, you know, way of of dealing with the murder. Maybe he's never let someone kill themselves before. That could be, that's possible, right? So the subtext would be that this is new to him too, which is why
0: or, or the, okay here, how about this the, of course he's going to be cold and then the only sympathetic thing could be like I'm going to do you a favor he can actually say you know what I'm going to do you a favor and then otherwise and then you don't have to mention anything else about you don't have to really show sympathy um, any other way just in one sentence does that make sense yeah
1: yeah, yeah it could be done in a lot of different ways I think yeah. you, he could look at the picture of him and his family he could look you know he could look at him he could think about it he yeah. could be like
0: I'm going to do you a favor turn yeah. around
1: or, or even just turn around yeah i have an idea I'll, you know right it's good it's a great scene actually yeah it's a great actor scene like yeah i know emilio will kill it his, yeah. his counterpart's gonna have to be like Whew. i yeah. bet you he has somebody yeah. he wants to work with um all right cool you know who would so, be good at that maurice comte yeah you know what he would be you think he'd do it all right, before we get into what's going to happen next and we'll, get, we'll we'll have a little conversation about it, but I think I think it was important to sort of talk about and develop these three four pages really tightly and I think yeah. I think you've got a lot to think about make yeah. the adjustment. Um I don't think we're going to talk about it on the next show. I think the next show maybe we um maybe you write the uh middle and end. Yeah. And then we can talk about it then and we can post um maybe if if someone's really interested in seeing like how, it, how the script looks or whatever. Maybe we can post it somewhere. Yeah. How do we do that? Yeah,
2: post it on the story or something.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but let's talk about, I was thinking about Extreme Music the other day. Cause we're I gonna, was thinking,
2: because this is going to have some good music.
1: This is going to be like score level, like amazing mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and we're, Rich Alarcon is going to edit it. But it is it is amazing that you could pick a song and that song is two minutes long. And, you know, sometimes you don't need it. So they always give you a 30 seconder. And then if you want vocals on it because it's going to be a scene, then you can use, pick the vocal track. And if you don't want vocals, you can pick the non vocal track of the same song, 30 seconds or one or two minutes. And then if you need an ending, a transition out of your scene, they give you a little stinger. Mm not always but yeah. if you if you look in certain uncertain uh, albums and stuff they'll give you a stinger too that helps you transition out of the song That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um and also it's really cool. Actually. Yeah, and there's other pieces too like for instance I was looking I was picking a song for Steppen I needed the song to have less instruments like less instruments Yeah. and because it was like way too much going on and I just needed it to sit underneath dialogue conversation so i started to notice that in certain on certain albums not only do they have the vocal the non-vocal the two minute the 30 second the stinger but they also have ambient yeah. R- yeah. version yeah they have uh like a low impact version, they have like a quiet version. So all of these different versions of the very same song were there, and I was able to pick the ambient version, and it was very low and like less yeah. instrument. And in some cases, you can that's awesome. Yeah, you can go into their thing and you can remove the guitar, remove the drums, rem- or only go percussion if you want to really drive. Yeah. So yeah, I look. I again, I, I, I'm I've been working with extreme music. I know you guys have for for years. And I'm always surprised at, at the level of maneuverability that their music has, you yeah. know? and their composers have to do it. You know as you're writing this music, they have to think, "Oh, these guys are ne- going to need a stinger. Their scenes aren't going to be exactly two minutes long, so let me give them a 30-seconder. you know And yeah. a lot of times I'll take the two-minter and I'll edit it myself mm-hmm. to fit, to to fit, fit the, the, the scene. Yeah,
2: and Rich is a badass editor. He's musically inclined. he does video. You know, that's where he made his bones in music videos. He, he did. Oh, is that where it was? Yeah. Oh, nice. That's what he's, yeah. He's, Dude, he's
1: been nominated for music video uh, of the year awards. Hmm. Yeah.
2: No, he's badass. He knows, he knows his way around music really, really well. In fact, like w- Made in Mexico was a different movie until he came on board.
1: You know what I mean? And music. So you know, and you're stuff. right. Like, if you're if you're out there and you're working with a music video editor on any project you're working on, you give them Extreme Music and you give yeah. them your, you give them your uh, login. That's it. And Forget go crazy, it. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to be seeing uh, Russ. Russ on Friday. And we're going to have him on the show next week. So Perfect. we'll be talking a lot more about what's up with ExtremeMusic.com. So check him out. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it about the end of this but you know it's funny it's funny how much you can talk about three or four pages of dialogue right yeah, yeah. i mean we're talking about like this isn't a script this isn't like a 90 page <laughs> script we're talking about this in depth three pages yeah and there's not even that much dialogue right but i think if you're working on your script at home you know i think you have to figure out what the intention of what you're trying to do is in your characters and figure out what the, what yeah. they're supposed to be saying and how they're feeling. And, and you know, there's no way for us to know how someone who's going to die feels, but you can certainly figure out through the characters and what they, what we're telling you about them, how they would potentially react.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But it's great too, because you really, every scene um, like in Godfather, like, uh, the, the, the making of it what was it called the, the offer when those two guys, they went through every scene with a fine tooth comb and that's what you got to do. You know, you got to make yeah. sure you're not just yeah. wasting scenes, you know, because it doesn't. So it's, it's good as a writer to go through each and every scene and really make sure, you know, what's happening in that scene, why it's happening what those characters, their intentions are, where they came from, what just happened to them, what mm-hmm. they want. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't just breeze through a bunch of scenes because then you got, you know, it just, it's crap. So it's good to really go through. And like you said, three pages, it's really three pages. It's not really, because four is like the Yeah, top, you're right. You know I was just mean?
1: looking at it. It's three.
2: Yeah, but there's a lot going on in just those three pages. Minimal talking, but a lot of emotion. Yeah, you're talking yeah, yeah, about
1: yeah. three minutes in there. Um, yeah. but I, But just to recap, I think, your opening scene is solid. I think it needs to. I think we need to be left with the idea, you know, it's going to be clear that it's his dad, right? Right, um, and it's going to be clear that he's ambiguous about how he feels about it. You know, it might just be like you know, you have to go see your dad when he dies. You yeah. know, that's that could be what it is.
2: Well, I want to shoot it both ways. I want to, Emilio. I want to give him the option to play it either. Angry, sad, doesn't care. You know what I mean? I think I want to I leave it up to – I want to see what they do with this. How would Clint Eastwood play it? He would say you got one take. <laughs> that's, whatever you do on this, that's So that's it.
1: your opening, and then you have – and then as we move through Mendoza's life, his next visit is to his, his mark, someone he has to kill, and he's not going to be emotional about it. No. The, the, the Mark's going to be emotional about it, but he's not. He's going to methodically go through it. We're going to learn a little bit more about him. There's not going to be any like feelings that, that, that um, Mendoza's having. He's just going to maybe change a little something about how he deals with this guy.
2: He's going to be a lot more clever. You're going to see the cunningness of him. You're going right. to see why he's got to get inside this. He's got to have this guy trust him. Yeah, He's got to like, you know, he's got to be, a, he's a con. He's got to like.
1: Now, the most important thing about that scene. Well, the first scene and this scene is that it's setting up what? What is it setting up?
2: It's setting up a murder and you don't know who's murder.
1: Right. So you have to know how you have to know. You have to know enough about Mendoza to know that when he knocks on the door of the next person. You got to, the hair on your neck's got to stand up about it. So yeah. these scenes are going to set up his, you know, the Bjorn Borg McEnroe match that he's going to have with whoever plays his yeah. his final mark, and that's going to end up switching. But we have to know Mendoza's smart. We have to know he's got this issue. We have to know that he's good at what he does, and we have to know that he has no emotion about it. I think that's the answer. Yeah. Oh, at least that's what I think. Yeah. All right, cool. So then you'll use this to sort of inform your your rewrite on this? Yep. Okay, cool. I use. Um I hope we're not boring people with this development talk, but I think it's important to sort of see how you could discuss this amongst three guys yeah. that are creative and how it could go, right? How it yeah. could go rather than uh rather than not and just have it happen, right? This is how this is how it happens. This is how you this is how you uh this is how you go through it. And then, you know, maybe we'll read it again next time yeah. and see how it changed or see how it adjusted and see if it got any better.
2: Yeah. yeah, but it's important to do this too. If you're a writer out there or you're a producer or an actor or anything um, in this business, to sit down and go through whatever yeah, you're working on. Yeah. Because even you just reading out the, the direction, and um, mm-hmm. for me, as because I wrote it, I was like, oh that's clunky. Oh I could yeah. I could have I could have chopped those three sentences down to like yeah. one sentence and I didn't and then when David Dave and I were going back and forth there's things in between there that I don't need there. Yeah like, and it feels weird to read it as um, well some things don't feel right when you're
0: acting either like the first yeah. time.
2: Yeah. 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 But it is good. But on a separate note You know what I realized? I'm a really good actor. You just, are. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on a separate note uh, I'm sitting next to you. Know who we're sitting next to right here, craft service guy. What do you mean, on the you series. No, no, no. No,
0: no I wasn't the craft service. Oh, you guy. weren't crafty. No, it was uh, second ad.
2: You were second ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On what? On yeah. what? Oh, I got bumped up. Oh, and I was the producer.
1: Yeah. You oh, oh, on, on the um, on the show you guys worked yeah, on. Yeah, suspect yeah. the series. Oh, pilot, suspect yeah. The pilot. Yeah. Oh, nice. So it was really cool. Hey, can we have him on? Could you think he'd come on? Yeah, Manny would come on. Let's get him on. That'd yeah, be fun. Yeah. He'd love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to. Um, Film hustlers, I think we had a good session here. I uh, hope you guys uh, are inspired by it. And um, you know, we're going to get to this movie a lot faster than I thought. No, I know. We're going to be—I bet you—we make this before the end of the year. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm going to
2: end up doing that. The, the, this rewrite probably tonight, and then I'll start tomorrow.
1: All right, cool. We and um, we'll we'll catch you guys next uh, week on uh, Film Hustlers. We need some shirts. Oh, let's talk. Let's look at the.